and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer, sponsor this program, follow us on Twitter, or even like us on Facebook. We can be found at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Hey, LJ Renee, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. How you doing? I am doing well, trying to stay cool in this Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> it is hot. Is so, it hotter there than it is in Texas? I don't know. I, I don't know, but it's hot. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, it's real hot. And, you know, I remember when I was, when I was, uh, Growing up in PAW, they used to say, well, when we'd have those summertime conventions and people be complaining about the air and it's like, it's hot in here, but hell going to be hotter than this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I ain't going to know about all that, but it's hot. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to read the, the Old Testament scripture. If you want to read the New Testament, I'm going to read from Genesis 11 verses 31 and 32 and this is from the niv translation Terah took his son abram his grandson lot son of haran his daughter-in-law sarah the wife of abram and together they set out from ur of the chaldeans to go to canaan but when they came to haran they settled there Terah lived 205 years and he died in haran Mm, okay and in ephesians 3 in verse 20 it says now to him and i'm reading this from the amplified version now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today. We honor you. We thank you for this opportunity, oh God, in reading your word and receiving your message, oh Father, that God, that it will, God, permeate the hearts of the hearers of this broadcast in the name of Jesus. And Father God, to incite them in the name of Jesus Christ, through your word, God. We thank you and we bless you, Father, for you alone are worthy to be praised. There is no one like you in all the earth. We thank you now and you, oh God, opening up the understanding, our understanding, giving us wisdom and knowledge to deliver this word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Uh, so in the Genesis 11 uh, verse 31 that I read, it, it talked about uh, Abraham and they call him Abram because he had not been given the name Abraham yet by God. The same with Sarah. Uh, 
uh, God changed her name from Sarai to Sarah, and he changed mm -hmm. Abram from Abram to Abraham. So in these verses, uh, that name change has not yet occurred. So that's why you the verses are calling him Abram and calling her Sarai. Uh, so that is the same Abraham and the same Sarah just before God had uh, given them promise. So in, in verse 31, it says that Abraham or Abram's father, Terah, had taken his family and he had left Ur uh, and he, he had went to, he was on his way to go to Canaan. So he was going to the land that later uh, the people of God were to inherit as the promise from God. He was already headed there. But the Bible says something so interesting that I don't recall. I didn't remember this. And I had heard this when I was uh, listening in, into the word in church one Sunday. But the, but the Bible says in verse 31 that uh, as he was as they were going, as he took his family to leave Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan, it says he came to a place called Haran and it mm. says, and they settled there. And that's what I wanted to talk about tonight is don't settle. So he was on his way to the promised land of Canaan, but he came to a place called Haran and he settled there. And that next verse that I read said, he lived 205 years. So this is when people <laughs> live more than 80 years, mm -hmm. he lived 205 years. But listen, in all of those years, he never left Haran. He settled there. And the Bible says in verse 32, he died in Haran. And so we want to talk about the consequence and the risk of complacency and settling before you reach or receive what God has promised to you. There is a risk of becoming complacent in God. That, that, remember Paul told uh, Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God that was given to you by the laying on of my hands. Sometimes you get complacent and comfortable. Heron uh, was a place of comfort. So he settled for the place of comfort and he missed the place of promise. Amen. And you know, that word complacent, you know, being settled, being satisfied as to where you are. And, you know, sometimes when even the people of God, we become because either we lose hope, um, the promises we feel have been delayed or that they're not coming. And so we accept the circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in and we find ourselves settling for less than what God has promised. You know, that's where faith really comes in is that even though you don't see it, you still believe God and with his word that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And the one thing about it is God doesn't put a time limit on or, or a specific date and when he's going to do things, but he wants us to wait on him and to be patient in our waiting and have our ears listening to his voice that when it's time to move from where we are, we don't, we don't deny that we get up and we move to where God, we follow God. But when we become complacent, then I believe that sometimes people's hearts become hardened. Um, they become angry and, and, you know, and, and their expectations is, is um, 
it's, it's nothing. I mean, they don't have any expectation as to more. Yeah, and, and there is a danger of being uh, complacent or mm -hmm. uh, settling for what you, matter of fact, um, there is something in the business world that they always say, don't let, don't let your best become um, captive to, or don't let best become captive to good. In other words, mm -hmm. you did a good job. Don't settle for good when you can do, when that's not your best. Don't, don't pitch your tent in a place that was just meant to be temporary. Don't get yeah. stuck here. And as you as you mentioned that when you settle, you settle for less than what you were originally supposed to get. It reminds me of the whole concept of a settlement in the court of law. The reason why things are settled uh, in the court of law is because the plaintiff and the defendant agree, first of all, and when they agree, uh, there is some give and take, some compromise, some negotiation. Somebody's giving up something to get something else. For example, if a if a plaintiff is suing a company for a million dollars, that company is probably going to have a long protracted uh, legal battle. Uh, that they will take that plaintiff through. Even if the plaintiff is going to win, they'll drag it out. And even once they may lose, they'll appeal it and it'll go on and on and on. So sometimes they will offer to settle the case. And they may say, you ask for a million dollars. We're going to give you maybe a half million. We're not going to admit to any wrongdoing. So this is the part you give up. You're going to get half the money. You're not going to get an admission of guilt and you're going to sign a waiver that says, you know, you're not going to talk about this again or sue us ever again. And, and in return, what the, what the, uh, what the company may get out of it is they save their reputation from going through a public trial and their name being trashed in the public arena. And, and then they also get to get out of a situation without admit, admitting guilt. And the money that they normally pay is insignificant. Normally the insurance pays it anyway, but that's a settlement. So you got something out of it, but you gave something up. But when you know that you're supposed to get more, sometimes you don't want to settle. Like have I, I remember when I when I uh, used to travel out the country every Christmas, and I would take my son before you know before he was grown, and we were in Europe one time. We were actually uh, I, I think we were in Switzerland or something. I know it was wherever the money at that time our dollar wasn't strong against their uh, Swiss franc or something. I, I think we were in Switzerland. Um, but wherever we were, he he had received $100 for Christmas cash. You know, it was a $100 bill. And he said, I want to go to the I want to go to the currency exchange place and get the currency of this nation so I can buy some stuff. And I said, OK, let's do that. And so we went to a currency place and I think it was in Switzerland, but I, I don't remember. But I remember that they said that for $100 US dollars, we will give you $85. And he said, $85? And he was like, um, no, I'm just going to wait till I go home and I'm going to spend $100 so I can get $100 worth of stuff. And right. so he, he had counted up the cost and determined that settling for 85 francs was not worth giving them his hundred dollars. Sometimes you got to count up the cost. 
I think God told the God told us that. That's right. Word. Sometimes you got to count up the cost and determine and decide for yourself: Is what I'm giving up worth what I am going to get in return? And I promise you that if you are ever settling for less than what God promised you, you are what you are getting in the settlement is never worth what you are giving up because you are giving up something God, the perfect God, the omnipotent God has promised you. And you are going to receive something far less than what he has said. And it is never worth it. Never worth it. No, it's not. And you know what, even listening to you saying that it's like, it, it, it's a scripture is related to, you know, shake yourself out of your sleep, awaken. And because really in complacency, you've gone to sleep and you're stale. And I was reading this and it was saying the danger of complacency, particularly for a Christian, is that you're not growing. And sometimes you wonder why you're frustrated in church, why you're not satisfied, why things are not. And it's because you have become complacent. You have not you know, taken the opportunity to learn more, to go more. Uh, th that's just the part of uh, complacency, meaning that you just don't grow. You're, you, you're not allowing God to fill you, say the word capacity, to use you to your, to your capacity. And I, re and I know that we've missed some opportunities, but our mindset is still on, you know, doing more, uh, growing in the things of God, expecting more, doing some, uh, some, uh, marvelous works as the bible says uh miracle signs and wonders but you can't do that if you're being complacent in the things of god and i believe that's the reason why you're seeing uh some churches are just you know they're just there and then people are just complacent as to where they are and well, god not, calls it lukewarm i mean he calls it lukewarm and he says in Revelations, I would that you were hot or cold, but you're lukewarm and you make me want to vomit. He said that you make me want to spew you out of my mouth. He does not like that lukewarmness, that, that, and, and I heard this, I, I shared this with you earlier. I heard this in, in church once, and it says that God is not a God of not enough. He is not mm -hmm. a God of barely enough. He is not a God of just enough. You read it in the scripture. God is a God of more than enough. He does exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. He does more than you ever could imagine. He, so if you're in living in a place of not enough, if you're living in a place of barely enough, if you're living in a place of just enough, that is not the will of God for your permanent destination. So you might have to travel through the land of not enough. You might have to travel through the land of just enough, but that is not where you want to become complacent and settle down. Keep it moving until you mm -hmm. get to the place where you are living in the overflow. We talked about the overflow last week. You want to live in the overflow, the abundance of God, where where the the the, the there is the the banks of your river are overflowing perpetually because that is the promise of God. He said, "I can do more than what you could ask, think, or even begin to imagine." 
if you would just, if you, if you can think it, and I have a vivid imagination, if you can imagine it or think it, then you are already 16 stratospheres below where God wants you to be. He's going to do more than you could ask or think or even imagine. You know, I guess that part of uh, why people become complacent, you know, you're talking about, you know, a big imagination and and doing exceeding abundantly above all that God you asked to think. And I think sometimes it comes from a fear of failure or a fear of what other people might think. The reason why you become complacent uh, to where you are. And so that you would have to really look at yourself and see, well, what are you afraid of? Why are you afraid of that? Because God has more for us. You know, I remember uh, the, the the spirit of the Lord, I heard him speak very, very clear to me. And he says, are you ready to walk on water? And I heard him speak that. And I, I really, it really shook me. And my, my thoughts was, yes, Lord. But then again, I'm thinking, well, what does this mean? But listen, when you hear that, hearing that specific word is meaning you can't be where you can't stay where you are. You got to expect and ex not only to expect, but even Twyla's expecting the impossible, what seems to be impossible, because walking on water is an impossible feat. Mm. And we know that we know we know that Peter did it. You know what I'm saying? But that's really against nature. But he only was able to do it because he was uh, God had given him permission to do it. He expected to do it, even though he did sing. But and he, he only was able water. to do it as long as he kept his eyes on the as water. long as he kept his eyes on, on God. So, you know, he really he's saying, you know, and, and I can just hear it so clear, you know, expect more, expect more. And, you know, sometimes he's saying it because, see, God knows where you are. He knows the very thoughts and intents of your heart. He knows what you're thinking. He know the root cause of why you're not moving. And it's because, you you know, if you're being complacent as to where you are, because sometimes people are complacent because they feel like they're in a good place. They're making a lot of money. You know, well, that's what, what that's was Taryn. He was comfortable. Yeah, he, he was just comfortable where he was forgetting. And you know what? Forgetting the mission. You know, we could do that, forgetting the purpose in which God had called. He didn't call us to stay. You know, he told he told the Israelites, he said, you know, turn and take your journey. He said, you, you've been going around this mountain too long. He said, turn and take your journey. And that's what he wants. He doesn't mean for us to be in, you know, just to be stalemate, but to keep moving, to keep growing, to keep expecting, to experience things that we have never. He told him, he said, I'm going to take you to a place that you've never been before. That's what he said. I'm going to take says. you to a place where you have never been before. Meaning then I can't be complacent. But what I can do is keep my eye upon him. Because if you're going to. I don't have the strength to do it. You know what I'm saying? So you, I have to keep my eyes on him and expectation. God, my eyes are upon you. Even if you ask him, you know, well, God, where you're taking me, he may not even tell you because he didn't really tell Abraham. He said, well, I think he did tell him that he was, you know, giving him, taking him to a place. I think he said you, that, you know, not of or something along those lines. Please correct me. Um, but it's just the trusting, trusting God. Uh, he wants to build more in us. 
he wants to enlarge our tent tents and strengthen our states that's what he wants to do and i'm telling you twyla i i really am standing in expectation of what god is calling for what does it mean to walk on water you know where is the place that you said that i've never you've never i've never been before where are the things that you said that have never done before because i think it really renders an excitement you know an excitement Amen. but he also says too in joshua he said fear not that i will be with you he said be courageous and that's what it's going to take and being courageous meaning doesn't mean the absence of fear but what it does mean that even though fear is present being courageous is stronger and so that's where we have to be in our expectation of god well but you know god didn't give us a spirit of fear so sure we, didn't. fear fear might be lurking around and trying to invade your mind but you don't have to let fear in and the, the here's the here's the here's the two points i thought about when you were talking is that one of them you said is that complacency, I believe complacency comes for multiple reasons. Two of them, uh, one you talked about, uh, complacency comes because people get comfortable and they they like where they are. Uh, it's just too easy and, and there's nothing pushing or, or, or um, pulling them to do anything different. Her, uh, Tara, Abraham's father, settled in Haran because it was comfortable. There is another settling that we do and we settle also, and you mentioned it at the end, is because of fear. Fear will cause you to settle for things that are below where God would have you to be. Yeah. Because you fear, think about that. Peter was the only disciple who said, Lord, if it's you, then bid me come, get me out of this boat. And Jesus said, oh yeah, it's me, come. And nobody else, nobody else uh, said, well, if he can do it, bid me come. Oh, mm -hmm. or, well, I want to come too. Nobody else. Nobody else. They settled. We're like, we'll just probably, they probably said, you're crazy. No, what they said was, we'll stay in the safety of this boat because it is impossible <laughs> yes. to walk on water. And when they saw him walking on water, they probably did think, whoa. And then they saw him, because the Bible says it was the boisterous winds and the waters that he started uh, giving um, sight to and paying attention to. And that's why he began, took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink. So they saw him walking on water in the face of boisterous winds and waves and water. And they, all they could do was keep their eyes on the problem, the winds, the waves, the difficulty, the impossibility. So they never got to the place where to say, Lord, bid me come. Cause they were just looking at the, at the issues and the problem. So Fear will paralyze you and it will keep you stifled and, and in a place that God did not mean for you to make your yes. home. And so yes. we don't want to remember the, the men of uh, the, the army um, of Israel, they were hiding in the camp because Goliath, the giant and David came and he says, wait a minute, why are you all in here? And the giants out there yelling at y'all because the camp was safe. If they in the camp, the giant wasn't going to get them. They were afraid. And then remember also when the spies were sent out to spy and to check out Canaan land, the promised land. And the Bible says that, that they all came back except two. They all came back and said, oh, it's a beautiful land over there. God has made us a promise of a great land. But, 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 but 
I think we should stay where we are because we are like grasshoppers compared to those giants over there. And you know what? This wilderness ain't that bad after all. And so they began to settle until God said, I've got to, I got to have you guys wander in the wilderness until all those doubters die off. Die out. Because yes. if you don't believe that I can give you what I showed you, then you don't deserve to walk into that land. So everything we do is by faith. Don't let fear and don't let comfort get you to settle in something that was not yours, uh, that mm. God did not promise you as your as as your uh, promise. Even, even uh, the Bible says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to settle in the tent of the wicked. Listen, to settle in the tent. Of God the has wicked. promised me some stuff, and if in and on on the on the side of God, even the least of those in on in the promised land are doing better than those who are living it up, you know, in the enemy's camp. So I'd rather be a doorkeeper over here on the Lord's side than to dwell in the tent of the wicked. You've got to know that what God promised you, uh, the Bible says, look, Jesus is our ultimate example. Everybody believes that, right? And the Bible says of Jesus that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame and the pain and the suffering. And you and I are the joy of the Lord. That's the joy that was set before him. He'd hear us one day say, Lord, Lord. He'd hear us one day say, I surrender. He'd hear us one day say, save me, Lord. Deliver me, Lord. He'd hear us call him Abba, Father. That's the joy that was set before him. And so because of that joy, remember in the garden, he said, Lord, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm not going to settle for temporary comfort. Temporary comfort would be if I didn't have to go the way of God. That's God. right. But That's I'm right. going That's... to suffer the pain, the shame, the, the, the humiliation, because there's something greater on the other side. So came by tonight just to say that your promise is probably waiting on the other side of a little bit of suffering and a little bit of trials and a little bit of tribulation. But this suffering, I reckon that the suffering of this present day, it's not worthy to be compared to what God has in store for you. Amen. And endure. God's got something greater for you. Don't you dare settle. Amen. You know, even as you're talking, and I was looking at the root word of complacent, and the root word is very pleased. And I thought that that was, you know, pray very pleased. But what it is, is that the person is very pleased where they are. And so it goes on to say, but even though complacent people may seem pleased with themselves, we rarely are pleased with them. And I thought about that. You know, you're, how many times a parent has told you, you know, don't get stuck, don't get complacent, come on, move, you're better than this, you have greater gifts, you, you're able to do more. You might be pleased with yourself, but others that are looking on that know more about you or just discern that there's more in you, they are not pleased with you. And it's just as if you have a job and you become complacent, a lot of times you don't move on because the, the, the supervisor or the manager, they know there's more in you and they know what basically uh, what you can do. And when you're not using those gifts, if you're not giving the best that you can give, if you're not willing to learn more, if you're not willing to grow, you might be pleased with yourself. 
You might be pleased with the salary that you have. You might be pre, uh, pleased with the company you work for, but others are not pleased with you because you're not moving forward. And so I, when I look at that, I said, you know, that is a good uh, explanation uh, of, of, of complacency. Yeah. You may, you know, it, when you were talking, it just reminded me, uh, and, and, and I just looked it up to make sure I had where it was uh, right. But it reminded me of Caleb, you know, when God, when God did, um, when they did send the spies out to check out the promised land, and most of them came back with a report that, you know, said that these, we are like grasshoppers in, in compared to giants over there. And even though it's flowing with milk and honey, uh, you know, we don't think it's worth it, right? We don't think that we should bother with that because they're going to kill us. They're going to destroy us. But the Bible yeah. says of Caleb in Joshua 14, it says that they were he, only said, he said, give me this mountain. That That is someone who is refusing to settle. And I don't know if you've ever been around people who 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 have this glass half empty attitude or we can't do it or we're we're going to get slaughtered you know you and I you've been playing way longer than me but I just started playing pickleball and we normally play partners and I cannot stand getting a partner who that just starts right. off talking about the score might you go to 11 typically and the score might be the other team has four and we have zero and 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 you have a partner that says we got to get one point so we don't get pickled. And I'm thinking, pickled, the scores are four to zero. We got a whole bunch of time to, to win. I ain't trying to not get pickled. I'm trying to win the game. And so it's like, raise your thinking. You're settling. That's right. I don't, and, and, I'm not okay getting one or two points. I want to win. That's the, right. the score, can, I have seen it. You know, you've been playing longer than me. The score could be nine to two in that. I've paper. done it. And you come back and win the game. Yes. So I've, don't you I've be worried if you just four points, three points, That's five right. points down. Stop all that negative talking because you didn't settled your mind in a place where all I want is a point so I can say I didn't get pickled. No, I want to win the game. I want to win the game and I'm going to give my best effort. And so you might be pleased with that, but I'm not pleased with it. You hear me? That's what I'm hearing you saying. That might be all right for you, but if you're going to be on my team, no. We got to think positive because even if you're given that example, that has happened where you come from behind and you end up winning the game. And even if you don't win the game, you have given them, a, a, a you have given them, a, a, you have shaken them. They're saying, you know, when they thought they had won, here you come back. Listen, when you are complacent, you know, don't be on my team. Don't be on my team. I like it. Yeah. Do you remember we yeah. used to listen to uh, Barbara Amos? I don't know if you remember her. She's real funny. Yeah, yeah. Excellent yeah, preacher. Yeah. But I never forget one of the things she said in one of the sermons we listened to. She said, listen, I might not win every fight I get in, but you better believe that the enemy knows he was in a fight when he gets done with me. So, so that's what it is. I, I need to be competitive. I need to be striving to win. I press toward the mark for the prize. The prize the I ain't running this race just to finish. I ain't looking no. for the participation trophy. I'm pressing toward the prize. I want to win this thing. So you've got to have a winner's mentality. I like that Caleb mentality. Give That's me right. 
mountain. Y'all can run and cry and, and, and hide all you want, but I saw a mountain over there. Give me that mountain. I'll drive out the giants. I'll defeat the enemy. I'll overcome and conquer everything. I Give me this mountain. And I tell you tonight, don't you dare settle. I, listen, it is true that to get to the promised land, you probably got to go through some valleys. You probably got to go through some heat waves. You probably got to go through some dry uh, spells. You probably got to go through some territory that is occupied by enemies. You probably got to cry some nights. You, But listen, weeping don't endure always. You probably got to suffer through a few sure. things. But when you get done, you will be able to say it has been worth all of it. But don't you dare settle. Don't, don't stop in here. Don't stop halfway. Don't stop three-fourths of the way. But they used to sing a song. 99, 99 and a half won't do. <laughs> Lord, I'm striving, trying to make a hundred because 99 and a half just won't do. Can you That's pray right. that we not have, the, that God drive away from all believers that spirit of complacency and that oh, our only contentment is in the oh, presence of man. God? You know, even right now, Lord, I'd lift this up before you that sometimes, God, when we are in our in complacency, God, you have a way of tightening, uh, putting us in a tight place, sometimes putting us in a slippery place that God, that we said, well, listen, we're going to go on to see what the end's going to be. We're not going to stand here and, and, and die. And, and God, through those situations, oh, Father God, you're causing us to move. Sometimes we won't move unless we're squeezed or unless we're shut in, resources run out. But God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that those who are listening to this broadcast, if they are in a complacent state, dear Father, if they're well pleased where they are, but you're not pleased with where they are, God, tighten the reins, oh God. Lord, put this, put us in a in a tight place, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that God, that we would move and say, I'm not going to sit here, but I'm going to move on with the Lord. And so, Father, I pray that God, that Lord, that we don't settle where we are because you have already spoken and said, greater work shall we do, oh God. And so, Father, we want to see the greater works, oh God. And we need others, Father, for them the desire to see greater works. We need others the christians to walk in their gifts oh father in the name of jesus christ so father we thank you and we bless you right now for you alone are worthy to be praised thank you for this message and dear lord i declare and decree that it be a blessing to the ears of the hearer that it will motivate them to move forward this we pray
for tuning in. This has been Twyla Southall and LJ Renee with What Does the Lord Say? Come visit us at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We'd like you to join us for morning prayer. Follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. Even see how you can sponsor this show. Again, it's www.whatdoesthelordsay.com.